Welcome to the Right Way Christian Center podcast. Here at Right Way, we exist so that people may know God personally, grow in God relentlessly, and show God compassionately. We hope that you grow because of this message today. Jesus, we thank you for this word and that the entrance of your word give it light. Bless the hearers of your word. Give them eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to perceive, receive, and understand your word. I move out of the way. Anoint these lips of clay to speak boldly and prophetically into the lives of these, your people. And Lord God, we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Before you take your seats, will you lift your phones or whatever uh, material you'll be using as your uh, study reference for the day and make this confession? Say, this is my Bible. I believe the words in it. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. I believe that there's power in the word of God. I'm about to receive the seed of the word of God and the devil cannot steal, will not steal my seed, but I will prosper from what I received today. And from this moment forward, I'll never be the same. The word of God is the answer. The answer is in the word. Amen. Amen. All right. You may be seated. God bless you. Hallelujah. Let's get into the word. Will you guys put your hands together for our praise team, our band. Thank God for our work. Come on, give it up for our essential workers. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, you can do better than that. Give it up for our essential workers. I thank God for our production team, staff, band, even through this entire pandemic uh, years past. Uh, they, they, they agreed with their pastor when, uh, when the Lord told me that he did not instruct us to stop doing our services live. Uh, and they got in faith and, and showed up every Sunday. And I thank God for them. I'm always speaking the double back into their lives for their sacrifice and dedication to the ministry and to the vision. And so I want all of you to know that I love you guys so much. We're doing an amazing job. And let's keep growing and going together. Amen. All right, so let's get into the word on the day. We're closing out a series that we started some weeks ago entitled A Move of God. Uh, It falls under our theme that we're taking for the rest of the year, vision for moving forward. And somebody say a move of God. And so today we're going to talk about understanding a move and then examining moves of God. Our foundational scripture comes from 2 Chronicles chapter 16 there at verse 9. Uh, We're going to read it in the King James Version for the sake of time. And then Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12. We have two focus scriptures for uh, as we conclude our teaching today on a move of God. 2 Chronicles chapter 16 there at verse 9. If you got it, say I got it. Are you ready to say come on? All right, it says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Now, we're only using the a, this, uh, this A and B part of this scripture right here. And so, uh, we already acknowledge that our hearts through the salvation of Christ Jesus have been put back in the place of perfection. And so, uh, the, the eyes of the Lord, he's looking, he's looking to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect. So God is God is wanting to go to work on my behalf. Amen. God wants to partner with me. Say that God wants to partner with me. It was never the desire or the plan of God for man to do life alone. God wanted to be in partnership with his creation. Then there in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12 it says, Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well said, for I will hasten my word to perform it. So God gets behind his word to make sure that his word comes to pass. You know my grandfather, I've told many of this, was my hero, still is my hero, although he's gone on to be with the Lord. But my grandfather was the very first person that I told uh, that God had called me to do ministry and after that I went and told my mom and went on but but uh, when I told my grandfather that I was called to do ministry, my grandfather, I was cutting his hair at the time, man, my hands were sweating, I was so nervous, because I'm talking to my hero. My, my, my grandfather turns around and looks at me, and he say, well, son, the only piece of advice that I have for you is to don't be a lying preacher, because your word is all you got. And then he say, now finish cutting my hair. And that was the end of the conversation. See, God made us in his image and in his likeness. And if, God, if the only thing God got is his word, 
and you're made in his image and in his likeness, then guess what? The only thing you got is your word. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care how big of an influencer you are. If you don't have your word, you don't have anything. And so God stands behind his word so much so that the Bible says he hastens his word to perform it. I opened this statement was the church has been ordained and I heard Pastor M say during her time of, uh, of adoration, she said uh, this word endowed. And, and so endowed is the earthly word or the natural word for the word ordained. Ordained is more of a, of a biblical word. Uh, and an endowment is you've noticed some of our, our, uh, our most of our movies that co like come from England. A person gets down on one knee and they take the sword and they tap the shoulder, the head. The sh In other words, that king, he, he is distributing some of his power, his authority, He's endowing this person with the same thing from him. Or he's appointing this person by endowing them. And the people see that. And then when the people see the king do it, that's so good. When the people see the king do it, they know that it is so because the king's power is in his word. Are you listening to me? And so, and so the church has been ordained. You've been endowed to create moves of God for the glory of God. And so it is through these moves that the church is saved, protected, advanced, and then God gets the glory. Hallelujah. And so we say the purpose of this series of teaching is to show how the believer has the ability to create moments where God moves in a supernatural way through our obedience to the direct word of God or through our corporate active agreement. And when I talk about our obedience to uh, the direct word of God, you have the direct word of God and then you have the indirect word of God. The direct word of God would simply be you taking time, studying the word uh, in whatever scope that you are dealing with, uh, if it's finances, if it's family, if it's marriage, if it's single, if it's wholeness, if it's health, whatever it is, you find that in the Word, and when you find out what the Word says, that's a principle. When you operate in that Word, you are now creating a move of God or allowing the Word to manifest in your life in that specific area of study. That would be the direct Word of God. An indirect Word of God would be when you get a word from your pastor or, uh, or a notable spiritual leader or advisor, and that's an indirect word. They're still coming from the word, but God is using them to give you the word. That's an indirect word. So anytime we, we, we activate what we receive either directly or indirectly, we're setting ourselves up for a move of God. Hallelujah. And so, let's move into it. Uh, uh, I gave you, uh, well, let's, because I, well, uh, slow down, Vincent. Okay, okay, okay. Let, let's define what a move is real quick, because I, I really want you to get this as we're closing it out. I'm just going to give you a Holy Spirit definition for the sake of time. Very simple definition of what a move of God is. It is experiencing what God saw and what God planned experiencing what God saw and what God planned. See, see, God has already looked over the whole of your life. He's looked over the whole of your life and, and, and salvation is more than just you going to heaven. Salvation says, okay, God, I know that you are the creator of life. I know that you are the giver of life and with giving me life, you gave him, you've given me purpose. You've given me destiny. You've given me direction and I'm choosing to get in the life that you planned for me. And so when I get in the life that God has planned for me, I, I'll experience this move or I'll experience what God saw and what God planned. Now, you can live life. You can live life and, and, and live a good life and not live the life that God planned for you. Amen. Yes, you can. You can live life and not live the life that God planned for you. I could have said no to being a pastor and stay being a barbering was on my, I, I, I had several things uh, that I was going to start up uh, uh, to, to, to make my way to be successful. I was still on the motivational speaker trail and working on that because my desire was to own my own jet, fly in and, you know, do my motivational stuff, sell me some books and jump back on my jet and, and jet out. And God decided another plan. Hallelujah. Now, I could have said no to that. I could have said no to that and still worked in my skill and my talent, but never walked in the thing that God ordained and anointed me to do. 
Are you listening to me? And so this move of God is when you and I are experiencing what God saw and what God planned. Now, let's move into this. I said on last week that Jesus is the move of God to save the world. That in order for you to you and I to really understand a move of God, we have to see Jesus in a new light, right? And this new light is you seeing even God creating a move of God in the earth. When God wanted to save humanity, Watch this. He created a move of God, found a virgin, miraculously impregnated her so that the salvation package that he needed could be birthed in the earth. Jesus is a move of God. He's a saving move of God. And then Acts chapter 10 verse 38, we see how God anointed that move. Remember I say you've been ordained and anointed. The Bible says that God anointed Jesus with Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. And so now let's talk about moves of God. Let's talk about moves of God. I'll, um, I'll quote them all first, and then we'll go back and examine them one by one. The first move, or moves of God, the first move is a sovereign move of God. Come on, say a sovereign move of God. Secondly, we have a saving move of God. Say saving move of God. Thirdly, we have a surrogate move of God. Say surrogate move of God. Good class. Fourthly, we have a sanctioned move of God. Say sanctioned move of God. And then fifthly, we have a systematic move of God. Come on, say systematic move of God. Now, let's look at these moves individually. The first one is a sovereign move of God. A sovereign move of God is God doing something without the need of his creation. In other words, it was planned before God and lies under the control of God. That's a sovereign move of God. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 9, verses 3 through 5. We're going to look at it in the New Living Translation. So for those of you that don't have a, a phone that's smart, you'll have to catch it on the overhead. And if it flips, uh, it's definitely not smart. It says, but recognize today. That the Lord your God is the one who will cross over ahead of you like a devouring fire to destroy them. L listen at the text. He will subdue them so that you will quickly conquer them and drive them out just as the Lord has promised. After the Lord your God has done this for you, don't say in your hearts, the Lord has given us this land because we are such good people. No, it is because of the wickedness of the other nations that he is pushing them out of your way. It is not because you are so good or have such integrity that you are about to occupy their land. The Lord your God will drive these nations out ahead of you only because of their wickedness and to fulfill the oath he swore to your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So we see with this sovereign move, it is God acting before us on our behalf so that we with grace can walk into a thing that God has done himself. For instance, God saving mankind of their sins was a sovereign move. James chapter 1 verse 18, he said it was of his own will that he saved us. So watch this, lean in. A believer should never say, and, 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 and if you sing it on, in a song, it's in there, so we may have to say it unless we can find another way. But I want to teach you so you have understanding. So when you say it, you understand what you're really saying. Uh, believers should never say, we didn't deserve it. Okay, how do you know that? Just think for a moment. How do you know that? You, you know what we base that on? How we, what, what caused us to make that statement? Because we brought God down to our level and we thought about how we would deal with people if they did it for us. And then we say, well, we didn't deserve it because we probably wouldn't do it for someone else if they did it for us. Well, you don't supposed to bring God down to try to understand him. Your job is to leave your fallen mind and come up to his level of understanding. So you leave God where he is to understand him. You don't bring him down. And so he said, watch this, in his sovereignty, he made that decision to save us. And the Bible says, 
Jesus was crucified. Why was Jesus? Why did Jesus come to redeem man of his sins? Listen to the text. He was crucified before the foundation of the world. So God was able to look over the whole of life and see that man was going to sin to make the decision that he was going to send the Savior before man even sinned. Are you listening to me? So we have to be careful with our verbiage. Same thing what we say about the, when we talk. Because we put ourselves or we leave ourselves in a state that the resurrection has brought us out of. The Bible says we went down in the likeness. That's Romans chapter 6. We went down in the likeness of his death. We also share in the likeness of his resurrection. Then the Bible says, now let us walk in this newness of life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Understanding uh, Pastor M's song that I'm back in my rightful place. Hallelujah. All right. And so uh, God love and mercy towards humanity is a sovereign move. That's John chapter 3, 16. For God so loved the world. He didn't say he loved the same folks. Said he loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Listen, God's uh, partnering with man to ensure his victory in life is a sovereign move. Come on, say it's a sovereign move. First Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 6 and 1 says we being workers together with him. So God wants to work with us. Now, watch this. Number two is a saving move of God. A saving move of God is God's promise to protect his people. Come on, say a saving move. Psalms 34, 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth us. Come on, right way. ETH on the end of a biblical word means what? On an ongoing continual basis. So on an ongoing continual basis, God promises a saving move in your life. Watch this. Even when we create them ourselves, God is so good that when we create problems ourselves, he wants to be so involved in the lives of his children that he's even there to save you from the mistakes that you create yourself. Somebody high five God and say, good God. <laughs> My God from heaven. And so uh, Isaiah 59, 19, talking about this saving move of God. It says, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in, comma, like a flood, the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Now, I know up here it says, uh, when the enemy come in like a flood, they put a comma there. I don't think that that's right. You say, well, the Bible says don't add to and don't change. Well, that comma wasn't there when that text was originally written. Because in the Hebrew language, there are no uh, quotation marks. There are no commas. There are no semicolons. And everything is written in capital letters. So what you're seeing is a translation to what we call Old English. And to help us to better understand the text, they put commas so that we can pause as we read. But I believe they paused in the wrong place. Now, why do I say that? I say that because according to Luke, I believe it's chapter 22, Jesus talking to Peter said, Satan desires to sift you as we. He didn't say Satan coming quickly. He said, he, now, I'm old enough to have seen my grandmother and even my mom bake cakes the old school way. And the old school way is they sift their flour. As a matter of fact, they gave me the responsibility of helping to sift. That's why I always wonder, like, why my arms aren't bigger. Because if y'all know anything about sifting, it hurts after a while. You, you get right here, then you switch over there for a minute, then you hold that thing, and then you... You're trying to find ways because sifting is a slow process of breaking up. Well, if sifting, put my scripture back up there, is a slow way of breaking up and Satan sifts, then he can't come in like a flood. Are you listening? And, and if you read that text in Isaiah 59, all the scriptures prior to 19 are, 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 are boasting on God. So how do we start boasting on God in the text? Then when we get to verse 19, to come in like a flood, we give it to Satan. 
That's unfair. So I believe that scripture reads, when the enemy comes in, comma, like the flood, the Lord will lift up a standard. You say, well, you got to find another scripture to validate that because 2 Corinthians 13 says, out of the mouth of two or more witnesses, let every word be established. And I'm glad you know the Bible and you ask. The Bible says he hastens, that means to move quickly, his word to perform it. So like any parent, I remember uh, when Kirsten was a baby, I think my wife got some plastic man in her because I remember we were at our pastor's house and, uh, you know, we told Kirsten, Kirsten, just sit right there on the edge, baby, the water deep. Don't jump in the water. You know, I'm going about my business, but like a good mother, State Farm is there. My wife is looking at the kids and, and, and Kirsten falls over in the pool and that girl arm looked like it went from, you know, like it got 15 feet. She reached all the way down there and put, watch, watch this, she hastened. To the rescue of her child. So when the enemy comes in like a flood, God quickly gets to see about his children. He, he ain't back that time out. Oh, let me see what they're going to do this time. Let me see if they're going to get out of that. No, 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 no. He, bam, he get right there. Hallelujah, because you're special to him. Come on, tap yourself and say, I'm special to God. Listen, with our messed up, missing sometimes, don't get it right, broken promise itself, I'm still special to God. You may change how you feel about God, but God never changes how he feels about you. You are always special in his eyes. Somebody needed to hear that today. Hallelujah. You know, that's why, that's why God says, I love, I love the, 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 uh, what's the word I'm looking at? I, I, I love the nurturing of the Bible. Right, And it's not until you really move into this sonship that you understand, you hear the nurturing of the Bible. If, if you see God as this master, then you're a servant, then you're going to always hear a servant. He'll, he'll sound real strict. But when you, when you understand the nurturing, like here's a nurturing scripture. Here's a nurturing scripture. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said it? Shall he not do it? Hath he spoken it? Shall he not make it good? Now, arguments have arose in, in church world, you know, between these different religions. See there, God a man, so you a God. That, no, 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 foo-foo. Listen, that ain't what he, 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 he understands that we're human. So he nurtures you and say, I know that you've had men to lie to you. I know you've had fathers who didn't father you. But I want you to know something about me in comparison to them because oftentimes how we often understand God the Father through our earthly fathers or through men that come into our lives because that's a, that's, it should be a pattern reflection. So God say, and I know you're going to sift me through them. So let me tell you something before you start that sifting process. I'm not a man that I should lie. Neither by the son of man. I, I never have to take back my word. I never have to come back to you and tell you, I'm sorry, I missed it. I'm not the son of man that I should repent. You can trust me. If I said it, I'm going to do it. You can trust me. I, I, I know your life may have a bunch of broken promises in it from a lot of men that said they was going to show up. Because I was there when my daddy told me he, he on his way to it and didn't show up. And my mama left me out there on the curb. And I looked back and she peeking out there. And hours later, she said, come on in, baby. Come on. I said, well, mama, where he at? Well, he didn't show up. Maybe he got busy doing something. And then months later, he called and she let me sit out there again. And, and, and God said, I know it may be some, some brokenness there and some timidity of trusting me. But you can trust me because I'm not a man that I should lie. If I tell you I'm coming, I'm coming. I'm not the son of man that I should repent. If I said it, you can trust me. I'm going to do it. If I said it, I'll put my life on the line to make sure I keep my word. As a matter of fact, that's what he did. He put his life on the line at the cross to make sure that he kept his word to save you. You can trust him. Next we got this surrogate faith. Surrogate faith is, 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 we know what a surrogate is. When a female can't bear children, uh, she will allow another woman to carry the seed for her. We call it a surrogate mom. Or, well, you, you have a surrogate move of God. A surrogate move of God is when someone is petitioning God on the behalf of someone else. Now, in the church, we have uh, what they call, well, we wouldn't call it surrogate 
prayers or prayer. We would call it the uh, uh, intercessory team. Well, that's a team that's standing instead or standing in between on your behalf. In other words, they're taking a surrogate position. You got it? And so we have a surrogate move of God. James chapter 5 verse 15 says, And the prayer of faith, watch this, shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. The script before that talks about you confessing your faults one to another, right? That surrogate move of God. Acts chapter 12 verse 5 through 11 says that Peter, Peter was, um, was, um, did I finish? I looked at something. Okay. Peter was, uh, was locked up in prison and the Bible says that prayers was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. So Peter is locked up, but he got a group of people at home that are praying for a move of God, praying that he get out. And the Bible says an angel, if you read the rest of that story, came in and smoked Peter on his leg and told him to rise quickly and led Peter out. And then the Bible says when he got out, his eyes had came open. He was like, what am I doing out here? The Bible says the, pray, the people, they're still praying at the church. The move of God has happened, but they're still praying at home. And the Bible says Peter went and knocked on the door. One of the damsels came and looked through the peak hole and the Bible says she got nervous and said hey it's Peter at the door and the man said nah you probably saw his angel but it was actually Peter a surrogate move had happened are you listening to me and so Matthew uh, chapter 8 we see another surrogate move of God. The centurion man uh, comes to Jesus and asks for his servant to be healed. He said, but you ain't even got to come to my house. <laughs> so you ain't got to come to my house. He said, I'm a man in authority and I understand how authority works. The one that's in authority, his word works for him. You got to catch that on the flyby. He said, the one that's in authority, his word works for him. He said, the one goeth and he goeth, another cometh and he cometh. He said, Jesus, if you just speak the word, I know that there's enough authority in your word because the one who holds the word has the authority. If you just speak the word, my servant will be made whole. Jesus said, whoa, I've not seen such faith like this. No, not in all of Israel. If you translate that scripture, Jesus said, church folk don't even have faith like this. You're a satirian. You're not even in church, but you understand how the word works. He said, church folk don't even have faith enough like this to believe the word at face value. He said, go your way. Your servant has been made whole. That's surrogate faith. The centurion was standing in the stead of his servant asking him to be healed. The next we got is a sanction move of God. A sanction move of God is personal or corporate permitting of God having his way. It's personal or corporate permitting of God to have his way. Let me give you some examples of a sanctioned move of God. But see, because we got this thing in the church where we say God can do whatever he want to do whenever he want to do it. We can't find Bible to support that. Can't find Bible to support that. There are things that God is in control of and there are things that man is in control of. God is in control of heaven. God is in control of heaven. Once we get there, we make no decisions about heaven. God is in control of heaven. But, but God is not in control of earth. Amen. He's not. <laughs> I know that trips you out. Okay, think about it. If the Bible says it's his wish, that's Romans, that none should perish, but all would come into the knowledge of the truth. That means it's God's wish that all would be saved. So God wishes that all would be saved. Well, shouldn't a God that could do whatever he want to do, whenever he want to do it, if he wishes something, shouldn't he just do it? If he could do whatever he want to do, whenever he want to do it, why just hang your wish out there? Hey, you could do whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it. Fulfill your wish. Save everybody. But everybody don't get saved. So that must mean he ain't doing whatever he want to do. Whenever. See, we took that word sovereign and we thought it meant God would just do whatever he want to do, whenever he want to do it. That's not, that's not Bible. You don't find scriptures to, to support it. It sounds good because we're talking about God the creator, but it ain't scripture. Praise the Lord. They get quiet. I don't have enough time to go down the line through that, but let, you, you're going to see it right here. We're talking about a sanctioned move of God, personal corporate permitting of God, having his way in a person's life. Examples, Mary, the mother of Jesus. God comes, when he sends an angel, his messaging angel to, to Mary and, and they say, Hail Mary, thou art highly favored. Says God has something he wants to do in the earth. 
right? He needs to get the Savior in the earth, but he cannot use the sperm cell of man because the sperm cell of man is sin, and the sacrifice has to be sinless. So Mary, God just needs your body, and he's going to miraculously insert a seed in you so that that seed can give him the body that he needs so that he can put the Spirit of God in it, and then that, that sinless body is going to take sin up on it and pay the price for sin. That's called the miraculous conception. Notice now, notice the angel told her what God wanted to do. Mary had to permit God by saying, be it unto me. If God had a walked up or the angel had a walked up and say, hell Mary, guess what? You pregnant and God did it. He would have spiritually raped her because that's her body and she had to permit God to move in her body. Okay, Revelation chapter 3 verse 8, you need more evidence, ain't got no problem. The Bible says, Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Is that the script I'm looking for? No. 20, 3 and 20, I'm sorry. I stand at the door and knock. He said, if any man would open, I'll come in and I'll sup with him and there I'll make my abode. So God, Jesus doesn't kick down doors. He knocks on doors and your opening is you welcoming him in. Are you listening to me? That is the sanctioned move of God. Here's another sanctioned move of God. Moses with the rod. God wanted to free his people. But in order to do it for where they were, they had to get across the Red Sea. God say, hey, permit me to help you. How? Stretch forth your rod. Well, Moses had to stretch forth his rod so that the invisible could touch the visible and cause the supernatural to happen. Are y'all listening? Are y'all getting this? The next example of a sanctioned move of God is Jesus in Luke chapter 22, verse 42. Brag the whole time, not, not in a negative way, about you're going to crucify, you're going to crucify this, this temple. It's going you know, you, to come back up in three days, and I'm going to die. But now we find him where he has to make that final decision. He's at the crossroad in life. And he says, Father, if you will, remove this cup. I, I want to change my mind. <laughs> I want to change my mind. But he goes on to say, nevertheless, I like to break that word down, nevertheless, watch this, not my will, sanction move of God, but thine will be done. I'm permitting you to have your way in my life to fulfill this plan and this purpose that you desire to do in the earth. That's a sanctioned move of God. That's personal or corporate permitting of God having his way in, in your life. Are y'all listening to me? Got some more. Watch this. Psalms 46 and 10 says, be still and know. That I am God. Well, the only way that person is going to know that he's God is if they first be still. Amen. Are you listening to me? I, he said, I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. So watch this. David beating Goliath was a sanctioned move of God. Now, two reasons why. First of all, he fought in the Lord's name. You want a sanctioned move. Like, like never before in this generation, we need sanctioned moves of God. Because we are doing the total opposite of what the Bible tells us to do. We are fighting with our enemies rather than blessing our enemies. And when you do that, then you're not allowing God to move. You're not partnering. He said, bless your enemies. Do good to them that despitefully use you and persecute. If somebody messing with you, don't, don't go on this Facebook, social media rant of trying to expose them. When you expose them, you permit the exposing of you. Yeah, when you permit them, you're, you just put the welcome mat right in front of your life and permit it, the exposing of you. So it's going to happen. And then you never know how stuff going to come. I be trying to, I be, I be crying out for my members the right way. And no doubt I tell them not to do something. And bless God, I be sitting around and fumbling through social media. And then it did exactly what I asked them. I'm, I'm, I be like, well, just be hard then. Just be hard-headed. You mess around, get out there, and the devil kick your butt, then so be it. Then they come calling me. And I be like, I ain't coming. I ain't answering. I ain't, I ain't dropping no mess in the DM or nothing. You had all the time with me when I was in my anointed space. So since you didn't listen to me when I was in my anointed space, don't be asking me for no private audience but it's just some about it's just some about the prophets on, on social media that y'all like so much 
<laughs> and don't understand how that stuff be damning your life up. I don't understand how y'all don't see that. The Bible says when you bless them, you reap coals of fire on their head. You ain't got to be going back and forth. You ain't got to do that. Bless them. Bless they ask your feet. They ask your knees. Bless their money. I'm talking about you say, that ain't, that ain't working. Yes, it is. It's working. You better trust me. It works. We just don't believe the word works. We don't believe God way work unless we're on our back and the doctor tell us we got a few more days. Now we believe everything the word say. But prior to that, it's I got to get my feelings. You don't need to get, you need a sanctioned move of God. Now, you fight in the Lord's name. A sanctioned move of God is when we fight in the Lord. And I ain't telling you it's always easy, man. You gotta mature, we got to mature in some areas. But you got you to gotta start learning how to fight in the Lord's name. And by fighting in the Lord's name, I mean by, by handling life situations the way the word of God tells us to handle them. Now, when you do that, a sanctioned move of God happens. And now the Lord begins to fight for you. He fights your battles for you. Praise the Lord. Um, and then... Another thing about David and Goliath was a sanctioned move of God. Secondly, David fought his way. He fought his way. Come on, say his way. Saul tried to put all his armor up on David. 12, 13-year-old boy trying to fight with grown man's armor on. And, 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 and you know, David, you know, he fumbled around. He said, man, this stuff, it, it, I can't move. I can't. My slang shot got this big old shoulder pad blocking my rotator cup. And David took it off. He said, I hadn't proved this. He said, I know how to fight the way the Lord taught me how to fight. And it don't matter how big he is, my slingshot is going to do the job. Now, 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 I want to I wanna pull this over in two because we need to make the word of God applicable for daily living. See, see, you, you, don't, you don't need a plan A and you don't need a plan B and C. You, all you need is a plan A. Many of us are trying to have success. We got BC. See, I know what it is. We, we looking at this social media stuff. We got these folks got, got five, seven things going on. Five, but most of them folks single. Yeah. And most of them don't know their family members. Yeah. See, they don't show you that side of their life. Yeah. They don't show you that side. They just found a nice little corner they can set up and, you know, be able to do a nice little Instagram and nice. And their branding is beautiful and you think it's all glitz and glory. And so you, you lay aside your aid to chase them. And when you chase them, you picking up B and C. You need to find out what your purpose is in life, what God has called you to do, and you need to do that. And you got to believe that whatever God has called you to do, God wants you to prosper in that. That God can bless you in that. That's why it's so important for you to know what man of God you're supposed to be up under. Y'all got to stop floating and jumping in this church and following this prophet and jumping over here with this evangelist and following this person. You got to stop that. You don't even handle your own natural. What if your boyfriend or girlfriend was jumping over there in that bed and jumping over there in that hammock and jumping over there in that car and jumping over that? You wouldn't want none of that. Y'all watching me live talking about you went to four churches today. How you do that? God say, I'll give you pastors after my heart. God knows what you need. You don't. You know what you like, but you often don't know what you need. You like a country 36, 24, 36, but you may not need that. You like him because you know whatever. But you might mess around again with that and find out you don't need that. But now you hooked in eight years later and can't get out because you're trapped. Because your souls now got tired now. You got four or five kids now. You got stuff in each other's name now. You needed a sanction move of God. God said friendship, date, get to know the person. Friendship and wait. We say, no, I'm going to let them know how good it feels and that they don't want to pass this one up. But that's what the last four do. I'm... I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> You need a sanction move of God. And I might as well go here. Let me go here because I know it's out there. Ladies, my daughters, you are so amazing. I know some of y'all didn't have daddies. You're so awesome. You are cutting yourself short if only fans is how you make your money. You're cutting yourself so short. 
I've been in that lifestyle. That money goes so fast. The, the way you get it, you cut yourself so short. Listen, listen, those women didn't fight and stand in lines and refuse to sit at the back of the bus. And, you know, women, women fought in slavery and, 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 and allowed the slave master to have her to save her family for you now to be free and just give your body up as if it's a slave. Come on, your, your brain is better than that. Come on, you got more to you than just lips and finger tops. They say that. So you got, it's more to you than that. It's more to you. See, think about it. Come on, y'all. Come on. Come on, y'all. Think, think for a moment. Think for a moment. There's nothing that we should have to do in life that we would have to block our kids and our families from. That's the first line of defense. If you got to block kids... That's the first line of the My grandson right now knows the code to my phone. You know why? Because it's safe for him to go on it. He ain't going to find all my kids can go on my phone. You can't, but they can. There is, it's safe. I don't have no little side. I don't have no, no little something over here. I don't have no name under somebody that's not somebody. No, 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 no. If you got to block your, my, my children should be able to look at my life and look at me to learn from it. If you got to block your children from your OnlyFans page, you got to block them so they can't see what you do. They should be able to look. We know Abraham. We know Isaac. We know Jacob. We know Moses. We know them. But all your life is blocked. I understand part of you want to be private. That's a different type of block. So don't be trying to, well, I don't want nobody to know my bit. Don't even try that, sister. I'm done. That ain't the type of blocking I'm talking about. <laughs> David fought Goliath his way. Now, I'm going to give you a personal testimony. When God called me to do ministry, shut down your shop, go into ministry full time. Right around about that same time, Pastor Em and I found out about our amazing older son, Darius. So we, we fly out. We go see him. Um, I immediately just turned in the paperwork that I had for my current job, although I had just left it for being a barber. Um, shortly after that, left being a barber. And so Pastor, got, Pastor get puts on child support. So now I got a child support payment hit my house. At the same time, God say, shut down your shop, go into ministry full time. What well, dude, like, I'm talking to God, like, dude, you don't see what just, <laughs> like, I ain't mad, but you do see I got, I got this. So, like, I need to work. Shut down the shop, go into ministry full time. The only person that's working is Pastor M. She's a school teacher. So, when I first start doing this, I, this I'm in a new space, so I ain't sure about this, right? I, my faith ain't all the way there yet. So, I try to go back to work. I try to go back into a barbershop. It was out on Airport Boulevard. My kids are all at three, two or three different schools. I'm driving my uncle's truck, which is a cabin truck. Just, just, um, um, there was just mushed up rides, you know what I'm saying? Kennedy got to sit in the back seat, so we try to make jokes to make her feel good. You know, just, yeah, okay, so anyway. Um, so I, 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 get, I get to work late because I got two or three different schools I got to drop them off at. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm functioning in my plan B. Because God's plan A was stop working, do ministry for a time. So the sanction move of God was that God was going to partner with me and make up for whatever I wasn't getting from that job. But I, I ain't, you know, hey, man, I'm, I'm, a, I'm used to working. My granddaddy taught me how to work. So I try to go back to work. I'm, I'm, I can do ministry, God, and I got time for this B, for this B job over here. So I'm working on this B. I'm going to show you how this B almost messed me up. So, I, you know, I, I get to work late, so I'm missing that early, that early rush. And then roundabout, it's time for me to go to get my children. I'm, I'm way out here on Airport Boulevard out here by Sheila Cody. I got to leave there, get all the way across town in this 2, 2.33 o'clock traffic to get. Uh, they were one, I'm, Lord Jesus, they was all over the city, right? So I'm having to fill that truck up because it's a big Dodge Ram truck. I'm having to fill that truck up twice, uh, sometimes twice a day for the travel. So the money I made couldn't have, guess where it's going? Right back in the tank, right? But, I, hey, I, it's, it's some money in my hand. It's better than me not seeing any money at all. 
Well, the shop that I worked in, the uh, young lady had rules that your children couldn't come inside the shop. Okay, well, Pastor M, not only was she a school teacher, but she taught a business class that was after school. So we couldn't take the kids to, to the school at the, during that year she was working. Now they kind of loosened up, but back then kids weren't allowed. So they stayed with me, and I let y'all stay in the truck. We'll keep the truck on, let it run for a while, but you know, the truck can't run all the time. Run hot, we turn the truck off. Go out there, I go out there and check on them. You know, I'm only going to be at work for about four hours. Y'all can handle that. Until one day, I thought I killed my kids. I go outside to check on them. Because, you know, it's always the last customer. Last head. Four heads later. <laughs> this is the last head. One person coming, oh, I got one more head. You know, always the last head. So I run out there to check on my kids. And, I, and I'm walking up on the truck. And I can't see their heads. And I get to the window. And there they are laying across each other. Sweat sitting up on them like. It's just sitting up on them. I'm think, I think my kids are dead because they're not moving. I'm thinking heat exhaustion may have got my kids. And to Kyra, she takes a breath like that and I say praise. And they don't know, but I sat there in that one and I cried. Because Holy Spirit now is talking to me saying, this is what your plan B looked like. Had you just went with my plan A, never saw that. I cried that day. I walked in the shop. And I told her, I said, hey, this is my last week. I turned from all of that, and I said, okay, Lord, if this is where you want me to be, this is where I want to be. And it was that day that Pastor M and I began to really see just the favor of God. People would just come and just give us money out of nowhere. Just the favor of God really began to happen in our lives when I got back to my plan A. See, some of this stuff some of y'all going through, Y'all talking about, it's the devil challenging me. And it, it's, no, it ain't, no, it ain't, no, it ain't. It's your B not working out because God never gave it to you. But see, you're so stuck on social media platforms looking at all these folks with these experiences when you won't sit down with somebody with wisdom and knowledge and learn and believe that your plan A is enough. You got all this other stuff going on in your life. You don't know your kids. You ain't got time for nobody. You don't even sit home and eat, eat, eat a home-cooked meal. So all your kids getting is fast food. So you setting them up for high blood pressure and everything else. God has set it up with our purpose in life that he will move on our purpose, man, and cause us to do more with less time, less money, half the effort. That's supposed to be the confession of everybody that's a member of Right Way Christianity. We don't work hard. We do more with less time, less money, half the effort. Let me give you another testimony. When I was a barber, man, I used to get home late at night. So, you know, she fussing. But, man, that meter running. I got to work. Got to make that money. Well, it happened because my prayer was being answered, but I wasn't praying the right way. I asked for a bunch of quote, customers, and God gave them to me. But them customers kept me there all day long. Sometimes my shop opened up at 5 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning. I mean, sometimes I'm there 10, 11 o'clock at night. And so I, I went to praying one night. And I, I'm talking to the Lord because she's frustrated. I want to make it better. And I'm talking to the Lord. And then the Lord, and this was toward the end of my barbering time, too. I wish I had had all this so much up front. And the Lord said, well, you pray for quantity. You didn't pray for quality. That's why I got this do more, less time, less money, half the effort. That, that's where this revelation came from. He said, you pray for quantity. You didn't pray for quality. And I'm, I'm like, okay, dude, school me. What you mean? He said, well, you asked for a lot of customers. You didn't ask for quality customers who would value what you do and who would be willing to pay you what you deserve. You asked for a bunch of folks, so you got what you asked for. That day I changed. See, it ain't hard. I pivot quick. I, that, that day I changed. And I start asking, so right now, they probably get 25, 20, anywhere from 20 to maybe $30 a head with, the, with what they do now. Way back in the late 90s, that's how much my customers was giving me. 20. I had one customer come in, get a haircut, got a full beard, always wrap face. I'm that old school type of barber, you know, our conversation, wrap the face, hot towel. Every time he came and got a haircut, he gave me $50. So that one customer paid me like four. 
You see, them, see the difference between quality? And some of y'all, man, you just, you working. Ooh, 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 you working, you working, you working. Because I got to get these folks, I got to get these folks. And you never ask God, show me people who will appreciate what I bring to the table. Show me people that I can make my price and never have to worry about coming down because they appreciate my work and they see the value in me. No, we want all these people because social media got us thinking that it's the likes that matter. But is it likes that matter or likes that's paying that matters? <laughs> I want the likes. I want the likes, Dr. Rock, that's paying. The last one is, let's get out of here. Because your purpose is a sanctioned move of God. It's God's way of partnering with you in earth for your personal advancement. But watch this now. The church is a sanctioned move of God. Y'all got to get this one. The church is put in the earth so that God, through the corporate effort of a community of people, can manifest his kingdom agenda in the, in the earth. That's one thing we got to stop. I'm well, I'm well over my time. That's one thing we got to stop. <clears throat> You know, that's something that frustrates me as a pastor. And I guess probably one reason because it picks with the church, which is what I do, kind of picks with my job, I guess, if you will. But the other thing that, that chaps my hide about, about what we do as a, as a church, I don't understand it. Because how many of y'all will agree that mama jokes is cool, but there's a time you cut them mama jokes off? Right, right. You be, you be having a mama joke, you just be laughing before we talk about your mom. You be laughing, and then when it's enough, you... Right? That, that look right there mean no more mama jokes. <laughs> right? No more mama jokes for you. Right? Because they, 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 they went too far with their mama jokes. Well, you know what? Why we don't have that same respect for the church? Like, we'll, we'll let people talk about Jesus. We'll let people talk about the church. We'll let people talk about God. And we just laugh and laugh. And at no point do we say, okay, that's enough. Because now you're messing with my belief. Why did a man like Isaac Hayes, who was the voiceover on a cartoon show, when they wrote in Scientology, they wrote it into his character, he went to the office and said, if you don't write it out, I quit. Because that's my belief. And watch this. We're not going to make a mockery of my belief on a cartoon. They didn't take it out. He quit. But believers will get paid. To make a mockery of Jesus and then say they saved. How? It's got to be a cutoff point. Like, okay, that's a, even at home, we be, you know, joking and this, that, and, and then no. I say, okay, that's too much right there. Stop, stop. Because for me, I'm like, okay, we got to cut this thing. Because I don't joke about Jesus like that. It's got to be a cutoff song. But the church, we don't, we, don't, we care nothing about. And I imagine God is up there like, wow, like, that church belongs to me. I know that pastor messed up, but he, but I didn't mess up. He belongs to me. And like y'all not going to have enough respect to know that it still belongs to me. Like my children can mess up in school, which they have. But that teacher has a limit. Come on, parents. That teacher got a limit on how much she going to say and do to my child. And when that teacher crosses that limit, it's no longer about the child. It's about me and you now because that's mine. Why we don't take that same approach when it comes to the church though? We will let anybody, our friends, say anything about our church. I'm supposed to be your, pa I'm supposed to be your pastor. And you'll let folks say anything about me in front of your face. And it don't mean nothing to you. No, I told a dude one time, he was talking about my pastor. I told him straight up in the barbershop. I say, all I need you to do is call his name out because I'm going to cut you. And at least you know I cut you because you said his name. Because that's where I sit down. That's where I get fed. That's what's changing my life. That's what's causing me to be the man of God that I am right now. And I'm not going to let you just talk about him like that in front of my face. So just say his name so you at least know I cut you because you said his name. I just didn't play like that. It's a cutoff point. But I don't understand. Sir. I mean, I just don't get that. I just don't understand that. Like, how does he save us and we just let people make a mockery of him? And you never see Muslims do that. They never put Allah down. You don't see that. You only see it with Christianity. You only see it with church. And we'll repost it. We'll retweet it. We'll like it. We'll laugh at it. And then turn around at night and say, thank you for blessing me. And I ask your help to let me make more money. Bless my business. And then turn around and like and share and make a mockery. And then say, thank you for blessing me. And I imagine God be saying, aren't you glad I'm not like you? Because I could have counseled you the last time you was in the bed. 
aren't you glad I'm like you? That I don't go Old Testament with you when it comes to the tithe and just kill you off when you don't pay it. Aren't you glad I'm not like you? Where's our hearts when it comes to our relationship with God? Is there no cutoff point? And we wonder why we don't see moves of God in the church like we need to see them. Because there was a godly feel in the church in the Bible days. People, people were afraid to even hook up with the church. They was like, uh-uh, man, no, we heard about your God and your God don't play. And then people would desperately want to be a part. Man, we heard your God heals, your God saves. They didn't, they didn't, Yahweh, Yaviv, Y-H-V-H or Y-H-H-Y, spell it different ways phonetically. Uh, it's a Hebrew word. They honored the name so much that the children of Israel were even afraid to say the name. That's how much honor they head toward the name and because of that they saw great moves of God because of their honor towards God come on stay focused on me they walking this good let me close it down the next thing is I talked about the churches of move see it's selfish and prideful not to be connected to a church and given to that church that you're connected to God extends benefits to you personally and ask that through connecting to his church you return the benefit back to him. So God gives you purpose. He lets you go out and lets you succeed. And God say, now connect to a church so that the kingdom agenda, you could just be a blessing back to me and my kingdom agenda. So it's an exchange of blessing for blessing. Does that make sense? Let's close with this. We're talking about systematic move of God. I promise you, I get it in in three minutes. I won't even stop. For every promise, every prophecy, and every principle, there's a faith process to bring it to pass. Things don't automatically happen. They must be planned and they must be acted upon. And so you and I have the ability to systematically create, orchestrate, and partner in a move of God. Come on, say create. And word create means to bring something into existence. We have the ability to orchestrate. Say orchestrate. That means to arrange or direct the elements of a situation to produce a desired effect. We also have the ability to partner. Say partner. That word means either of a pair of people engaged together in the same activity. And so I'll just be real quick with this. Um, The example I want to use is giving. Giving is, you got to see giving for more than just dropping the money in the bucket and mashing a button on your phone. It's a way for you to create a systematic move of God. See, uh, Close it up so you know I won't go back there. Uh, in the, in the, in the, in the, the casino is a robber of what God, what God originally, originally intended giving to do. That's why it never works. Not. I'm not here to talk about whether you should play it or not play it. That, that, that has to be a, a personal conviction on your own part. But what I'm telling you is, you're actually in the casino doing the same thing that God is asking you to do with a promise from the word, but a chance from the casino. And you will spend your whole check on a chance and then cheat a promise. Are y'all here? Don't leave the room yet. Stay with me. Because we don't understand that the giving moment is more than putting money in a bucket or hitting a button. It's an opportunity for me to create a systematic move of God. Now, watch this. You are hoping, keep, <laughs> I'm sorry. You are, <laughs> you go to the casino with Luke 6:38 on your heart, on your mind. Y'all ready? You do. You go, to, you go to the casino, believe it or not, because they stole it from the word. That's how I know you go with it. You may not even know the scripture, but that's what you're hoping. Because you're hoping that if you put a dollar, or you hope you put a nickel, or you hope if you put a quarter in that machine, if you give it, you'll hit, and it'll come back, good measure, press down, shaking together, and ding, 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 They prostitute the principle on a chance, on a chance for you to win, on a chance. I stand here and say the same thing. I'm going to use this terminology, but that's not what I'm calling. You got to hit me in the spirit. That this slot machine hits every time because it's not a chance. It's a promise. That if you give, 
It's going to be given back to you, and it's going to come back. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, run it over, will men give into your bosom. But we put more faith in the chance that stole the word and, 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 and suggest to you a possibility of you getting something back versus a promise that every time you sow, you're going to set in order a systematic move of God and it's going to come back into your life. And watch this. We've made those places filthy, rich, and never ask what they do with the money. We made those places filthy rich and they go and build another one so that they can give more people an opportunity for a chance. None of it contributes to the kingdom of God. They give no money back to the kingdom of God so they don't advance God's agenda with nothing that we give to them. And they only sell us on a hope and a dream of maybe hitting. We will waste time, energy, and money to get there and stay there all night till we spend the whole check. And you know what they do? Let me tell you what they, what they do the whole time. The whole place is filled with offering buckets. And, and, and they, 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 they never have to prompt you. Matter of fact, you can't wait to get there to sow your seed. Your eyes coming open now. You see what's happening now, right? And we'll never question those systems on what y'all going to do with the money. Is it advancing the kingdom of God? Are you helping a family? As a matter of fact, when I did the study, it's the last thing you want to come to a city because it breaks a city. It only looks good where it's built. Across the street, I went, I've, I've been in Atlantic City, across the street, needles, right there across the street. Needles cracked out right across the street. On the other side of the street, millions of dollars. It does nothing for the community. They say they give money to the school system. school system never sees it. God gave us him and his church. That's what he gave us. So I, I, I gave this message my best shot to let you know that you have the opportunity to create amazing moves of God in your life. And the thing about it is there is no limit to how much God you can have. God don't put a limit on us. He don't put a limit on us. You can have as much God as you want, man. You can see as much in your finances. You can see as much God manifesting your money as you want. He don't put a limit on We limit him, but he don't limit us. And so I hope you take this message and listen to it again. And I hope that you get very serious about it and just really, you know, I wish you had heard the 830 service, man, that you just push on God. The testimony from the 830 service is, you know, my, my, I have a nice car and it, it, it has a uh, hundred and some on the, on the speedometer. And um, one day I was on the interstate. I just kind of wanted to know if he could do it. Don't judge me. I'm quite sure you've done the same thing too. But in order for me, listen carefully, please lean in. Don't lose it right here because I promise you. In order for me to know if it's telling me the truth, I got to try it. I got to challenge it, right? I got to challenge, not challenger. I got to challenge it. And the only way I can challenge it is if I put pressure on that pedal. And when I put pressure on that pedal, the pressure on the pedal calls for something from the motor. And the motor tells me what's on the, I mean, the speedometer tells me what the motor is doing. But it all came from a desire to press on it. Well, well, you, just because it said, you need to put some pressure on it to see if it can do it. But the only, only way you're going to know if it can do it, if you put some pressure on it. Just, it's just sitting there with your little baby hairs in it. <laughs> ain't going to serve you no purpose. You got to put some pressure on it. And we want God to do stuff, but we ain't putting no pressure on it. So, you know, I got up to almost like a, you ain't going to tell you that. Ain't none of your business right there what I got up to. But I found out that it worked so much so that I got nervous and slowed back down and said, hold up. Said, Let me get on back down to 70. Y'all, it worked. It works. I'm a living witness that it works, but when are you going to put some pressure on it to see it work for yourself? Let's pray. Father, thank you. 
Bless the word. I, I went over my time, God, but we needed it. <laughs> we just want to be better for you. I hope that I communicated the word and with the examples and teachers in such a way, God, that they can make it applicable for their daily lives, that even the youngest child in the room, God, can understand that you want to be a part of their lives. And, and at the age that they are, Father, they can ex still experience your blessings, your promises, uh, your protection, your peace in their lives, Father, because you don't limit us because of our age. And so, God, we say thank you, and we honor you for the word. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. All of God's people said amen, amen. All right, real quickly, I want to I say this to you, uh, uh, that if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, whether you're watching me on live or you're in the sanctuary, I don't think that it's by accident that you came here today. Um, and, and just want to ask you to hold for a second. Uh, let, just hear my heart concerning this area. This is when God gets the opportunity to cast his net to get his harvest in. You got it? And so if you're a believer, I just kind of want you softly praying in this moment that, that the unbeliever or the non-believer in the room will hear, that they will hear Holy Spirit tugging on their hearts to come into his family. You don't have to stop anything you're doing to get saved. God wants you just as you are. As a matter of fact, the Bible says while we were yet in our sins, Christ died. So there's no such thing as getting ready to get saved. I got saved. We're still going to the club, still acting up in a lot of other areas because God saves your spirit. And then when you find a good church home and you get planted in that church and you start learning the word, it'll renew your mind. And in the renewing of the mind comes the changing of your actions. But you got to get in. You got to catch the first catch the fish first. You can't clean a fish if you don't catch it. So God catches us first with salvation and then the word starts cleaning us up, right? And so won't you just allow yourself to be caught today? If you know you're out there in the sea of life and you have no direction, you need salvation. That's what it's about. And so if either you're in the room, you're under the sound of my voice, and you say, hey, man, I, I'm not saved. I can never remember a time of confessing Christ or receiving Christ as my Savior. Today is your day. Again, it's by no accident that you're watching this program on a day. God wants you. He sent his son to die on the cross for you. You meant just that much to him. So if that's you, you say, Pastor, I'm ready to make this decision, this life choice of receiving Christ into my life. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. And I'm asking those of you that are already saved. Now, if you don't move your mouth or you're not ready and you just want to say, listen, this, this is something you have to be ready for. And I hope that my explanation, that you heard my explanation in that all you got to do is believe. Just believe that what Jesus did on the cross was enough for the sin debt that was owed to humanity. That's it. That's the starting point. So let's, let's start there first and then let's grow the rest of the way together. If you will, repeat this prayer to me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know without you I am lost. Today, I ask forgiveness for my sins. I repent of my ways and I return to you, making you the Lord of my life and receiving you as my Savior. Thank you for saving me, delivering me from sin and the grips of hell. I am yours I belong to you. I am saved in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, just like that, according to Romans 10, 9 and 10, you are born again. I want to welcome you to the body of Christ, this amazing uh, community of believers. Uh, I want to encourage you to find a good church home that you can get planted in. I also want you to understand that salvation is a journey. Now, you instantaneously got saved. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You have a promise placed in eternity with the Father. But the salvation of walking this life out while you're yet here on earth, it's a journey. And we want to help you with this journey that you are now about to walk out as a new creature in Christ. And so I want to ask you to go to rightwayccc.org forward slash next steps and we want to gather some information from you. At that same platform, there's also a video that I did to explain to you in more detail what just transpired in your life on today. If you're also here, you'd like to join the church, you want more information about Rightway, that would be an amazing platform for you to visit so that you can learn about what God is doing in this church in the amazing city of Mobile, Alabama. Again, next steps, rightwayccc.org forward slash next steps is a platform for you and uh, our team will get in touch with you as soon as you fill out the information just to make sure that you understand what transpired on the day and help give any other information that we can congratulations and welcome to the body of Christ can we put our hands together and celebrate them on today hallelujah come on let them know we're glad for their decision on the day Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. If you were changed by this message today, help someone else by sharing on your social media platforms. You can partner with us to continue to reach more people by giving at rightwayccc.org or on the Givelify app. 
Make sure to subscribe so that you're the first to know when a new episode is available. Thanks for listening.